You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. The ominous music means it's an ominous week for the Sooners as they get ready to take on TCU in Fort Worth. The entire crew will be there, except for Josh. He'll be in Arizona. Uh, so, uh, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, Bob, all with you here again for uh, back together for another edition of the Unofficial 40. I uh, want to remind you guys uh, listening, uh, we have a podcast uh, for the post game now, too, the Eskridge Lexus podcast. So uh, make sure that uh, you go to iTunes, Google Play, just look up Oklahoma Sooners post game, uh, and you will find the Soonerscoop.com podcast right there. Um, so, as we get into this thing, where to start? I don't, I don't want to. I, I don't want everybody to shout like "Get over it, move on." But we just got a chance to talk to Curtis Bolton yesterday for the first time since all this stuff happened, and I think really the only thing that we can do to get started is just. And I have edited some of it, but he, I, I, I just said, "Do you have a statement that you want to make about this?" But get it all behind you. And he went over four minutes just talking. So this is a little bit edited, but a little bit long. Uh, here's Curtis Bolton with his statement on the supposed locker room fight that never happened. Kind of blows my mind that, that someone, at the end of the day, reporters aren't going to report something if they don't trust their source. So the fact that, that that story got out meant the reporter obviously felt like it was somebody close to the locker room or in the locker room that, that would drop a story like that. And um, it's, this, is, this is an intense sport. Um, obviously, things are heightened last uh, in, in, in Texas week. But um, for someone to drop that, that, that was this big fist fight in the locker room, um, it just blows my mind. Um, not even from my end, just, just from this team. Uh, it makes the team look bad. I, I could care less if people think I fought my coach. Um, you know, my, 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 my coach and staff knows what happened. My teammates know what happened. Um, at the end of the day, there was no huge argument. There was no huge fist fight. Um, I was a little frustrated with how we were playing. I was a little frustrated. Uh, I didn't play in the second quarter. Um, we got in the locker room, and, and I got my checks through my coaches, and uh, – uh, things got heated in there, just how they always do. Um, that's how it goes. And um, a guy like me, sometimes I just need to—I just need my space. And uh, you know, I was getting a little too riled up in there. Um, the crazy thing about it is, me and me and Coach Stoops didn't personally exchange a word in the locker room, which so so it's crazy to me that someone would drop that. 
um, Coach Stoops was was uh, pissed off at how we were playing, and, and it's his every right to. He was the D coordinator at the time, and um, you know we weren't playing good. We weren't playing up to the standard, and uh, that's not the problem I had. Um, my problems were more internally. Um, I don't have a problem with Coach Stoops at halftime. Uh, I just needed to get some air, and, and next thing you know, people see me walking out the locker room pissed off, and and uh, it's all this. I quit on my team, this and that, and I just wanted to. I wanted to nip that in the butt where it stood because I care about this team. Uh, I love this team. I love my teammates. I uh, care about my coaches. I trust my coaches. And um, I'm not going to walk out on them. Um, I needed some air. That's all that was. Uh, I needed some air to lock in. And, I mean, I think I came out in the second half and played played pretty good personally. I love this team. I'm not going to quit on it. I, I, I didn't I didn't spend four years on the bench to 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 work my tail off and get a starting spot in my senior year and walk out in a Texas game. Um, this 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 story where me and Coach Mike are in a fist fight in the locker room is is completely untrue. Um, the fact that it was out there kind of pissed me off. But, um, you know, like I said before, it is what it is. Uh, the story dropped. Um, it came out. It's not true. Um, you know, things happened the way they happened last week with Coach Mike personally, and, and I got nothing blood for that man up. Going forward, I, I'm, I'm praying for him and his family um, that that things get figured out on his end and he he finds something that that somewhere that that, that he can strive at. But um, you know, as of me, I'm I'm moving forward. Um, Texas game's over. There's a lot of things I could have played better. I could have I could have handled the halftime situation better. But at the end of the day, that's all in the past now. And um, I'm focused on TCU. Um, I have been since since uh, Sunday after the Texas game. So that's that's what I'm focused on now. All right, uh, so Josh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if you saw any videos on that or not, but we'll go to you first. Uh, just kind of your reaction to what you heard there from Curtis Bolton. Well, you know, it's just amazing. Like, you know, I, I guess I'm just kind of end up reiterating what he said. The fact that there was absolutely no contact and that story got out. How how does that even begin? Where does that come? Uh, it, it it feels. Uh, I, like manufactured, I, I don't know the way to say it. Like the, it feels like there's something at play there that doesn't have anything to do with reality. Because that's not some mistaken. Oh, you know, I thought it got a little more intense than it did. That's my bad. They didn't interact. How, how do you get to the point they got into a fist fight? I think I, the thing that stands out to me is what he said in the very beginning, and then he reiterated it at the end uh, that he was pissed off that it even got out there. But it seemed to me, guys, that he was kind of saying somebody in this locker room threw that out there to somebody in the media. I think that's the way it, it kind of reads. And yep. it, it definitely makes you wonder, not the chemistry of the team defensively, but maybe, and and carry it, now that you say that, it, it kind of dawns on me about, you know, the whole buying in factor with Lincoln. If all that is... Go kind of goes together almost as far as getting everybody on the same, same side, same yeah. same team almost. If if there is a little bit of, uh, you know, infighting or whatever you want to call it. And I'll say it goes with the celebrate success mantra they're doing. Maybe they were just all pissy at each other the first six games, and Which, they're having to learn to come come together and be a united group. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'll throw this out there that. They might be the softest group <laughs> in the entire history of Oklahoma football. If that's what it's taken is firing a coach to 
realize that they need to get their shit together. Yeah, it's it's. Little, I mean, it that's rings startling. A little, it rings a little hollow when you yeah. say listen. When the, you keep hearing people say we need to listen to our coaches. Okay, you might want to do that now, like after Mike Stoops got fired. I mean, it's embarrassing enough for them to have to walk around knowing that you know they're not regarded very highly amongst the fan base as far as being a unit and somebody that can go out there and play championship football. It, I don't know. That just it, that's a little weird. I told myself all day yesterday that I don't want to just shit all over the defense's chances today because I feel like. Not that we did that too much. That's just kind of how we felt when we did this podcast a week ago. I'm, I don't know. Am I supposed to hold back and just try and be positive? Because I don't really know that I've heard anything in the last two days that makes me feel like, oh, they fixed it. Well, I I think the biggest thing is, is it's not, I don't, it's the tackling. Like if they just tackled guys, they would be infinitely better. And that, I mean, that it doesn't matter who's out there. I feel like you should be able to tackle at this level of football. And they've displayed that they just simply can't. Guys, I'm watching TCU Tech for the, the breakdown I'm doing um, for Under the Hood. Both those teams, not just TCU, who we all expected from, Tech Texas is Tech pretty good on defense, man. Does. Texas a Tech, lot better. Texas Tech, I don't recognize that defense. Like, they look good. I, I I literally considered putting David Gibbs on that hot board just to have the conversation. He's now, they're good job, terrible man. in S&P. I mean, terrible, terrible. Like, the metrics don't look good for them. No, it's, But it, when you watch it, it it's, they're better. There's no question they're better. They lead the conference in third down rate and fourth down rate. I mean, that's they, they get off the field, and that's what you have to do in this conference. I don't think it's about going out there and – Forcing three and outs. It, it, sure. I mean, you, you're you going to give up yards, but if you can get off in a timely manner, you're good. Well, it used to be, you know, it, it was about, okay, 20 to 20, they're going to move the ball. Okay, you kind of live with that, you know, against these tech offenses and the and the other styles like it. So you understand that. They're, they're going to move the ball. So there's just so many options. They spread you so thin that, that that's kind of inevitable. But when you get down to the 20, it was supposed to be, okay, now they have to line up and they've got to play football like it's always been, and that's where they're going to have to kick field goals or turnovers are going to happen. And obviously, you know, we've talked about it over and over in the pod, that's probably been Oklahoma's biggest problem is their red zone defense has just been awful. I think their defense has just been awful. I mean, it's just impossible to stop anybody. Third down, fourth down, red zone. It's, it's been terrible, and I don't know what the answer. Like, I, I understand that people want to like invent players that aren't playing, like they're getting screwed, or they need to be. If we see this guy, it'll fix things. Or if they just go to a four man front. You know, they don't have any rush ins first to go to a four man front. Who's your rush? Like, that's my question. Who are your rush-ins if you go to a four-man front? Who's rushing the passer? Uh, people keep talking about the <laughs> four-man front. I'm like, I don't think you understand how this person... Amani Bledsoe in a four-man front is... That doesn't make any sense at all. I, you might as well just put a tackling dummy there. You, I mean, don't get me wrong. He'll be fine against the run out there because, I mean, he's going to be bigger than anybody those tackles are used to dealing with. But, all but you he's people not going to win the edge. All you people that are complaining about more pressure, more pressure, 
Going to a four-man front is not going to help them get more pressure. It's going to make you slower. I mean, Kenneth Mann is a defensive end. Mark Jackson's not a pass-rushing defensive end. I think I've seen some strides from him this year. But you're talking about quick twitch guys on the edge. How many of those are in OU's program right now that are 250, 260? One. And he's not ready. Jalen Redmond? Yep. <laughs> By the way, Ruffin did not have a positive... I didn't think a positive report. I love this idea on, that's out there that he's going to play like 60 snaps on Saturday. He's not ready. I don't even know if he'll travel. You know, and that's not even one, you know, like I know sometimes we say something and we're like, oh, and the fans of what? It's coming from media people. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't understand quote, it. I don't understand it. I mean, but, I, I think he'll travel and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't suit out, but, or I mean, I, I think he will suit out. I said that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Whatever. I just, I this idea that he's going to go out there and start and play like sixty-five snaps on Saturday after basically having been cleared for what two weeks. I don't know. I, that just seems like a little much. It. Here's the thing. Like, listen to this from Ruffin. It's not. It needs a little bit of translation, I think. But he was asked, how much can you change your scheme in two weeks? I think it was uh, Jason Kersey. I know a big listener of the podcast. I'll give him some credit. Uh, But he asked about that. And it's not an answer that anyone's going to like as far as uh, on the message boards for sure. Ruffin, how how many uh, how much can you really change schematically in the middle of the season? or, Or can you? Well, not much. I mean, and I would want to. You know, um, but so I haven't had to do that much. But you know, the kids are willing and ready to do what what have you. You know, and is we talk this way. The call we're not. The, it's not the call. They're the call. The players are the call, and they know that. And that's how we talk to them. And we've talked to them. So whatever we call, if it's just a base call, they're the call, and that's putting ownership back on them. And I think the kids appreciate that. Hmm. Anybody want to translate? <laughs> Players are the call. Is it like being the one in the Matrix? <laughs> That's what I took it as. I just... I think I know what he's saying. He's saying it's not about the schemes. It's yeah, about the players. Make plays. The players have to make Basically, plays no matter what scheme they're in. It's on them to make plays. If you have a guy dead in the rights... Five yards behind the line of scrimmage, you have to make the play. Which is what Mike Stoop said for five years, and everybody crucified him for it. Yeah, I mean. Well, well and you know who else said it in some, those quotes you ran during the postgame pod last week, Kerry? Diaco. He had that quote where he's like, we're a, a defense about players' plays, not plays in the playbook or something like that. And you're like, what the hell is he talking about? What the hell are you talking about? There were Diaco quotes? Yeah, you had that audio. The that, audio that, clip. Uh, that's Callahan had said. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what the hell are you guys talking about? I don't know. I completely blacked out. I didn't even remember that happened. <laughs> we had two post-game podcasts. I don't know. Head from Tails. There's from been a coach that's been fired since then. Yeah, I, I got to admit, I I probably blacked out when I started playing that. But I... I just 100% wasn't listening. And people... Look, I know what people are going to do. They're going to say, well... Well, of course, Ruffin's saying that Probably. he's not changing schemes. He's not going to give away any of his secrets. He's lying to you. 
What what secrets does he have? <laughs> I don't know. That's where we're gonna find out Saturday. I mean, I guess they are. I guess they. You can say that he's just playing coy and doesn't want to give away anything. But I just, and I'm sure I there's something. I, I don't to ex- that. I, and I think there is. I mean, I I do think that they're gonna play a little bit better. But at the same time, I I just I don't think all of a sudden they're just gonna start making a ton of plays. I mean, what do you really change other than this is how we're gonna play? Like, we might be more aggressive on third down, or we might drop into zone more. I think and, this you is the new year. Um, you know, just because really the, the streak or whatever is in place, it doesn't it doesn't just happen. You know, well, we still gotta yeah, have a good week of practice. We still gotta go out there and. Win. Jeez, this Sorry. is your new method. My buttons suck. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who the hell? Is-? No, that's not one of them. Okay, this is how uh, I. This is how I. Uh, I. I delete Josh from the podcast. Every time exactly. he starts talking, I just <laughs> Damn start it. playing 24 audio clips at once. I feel like it's the old Chappelle show with the wrap it up yep. box. Wrap it up. <laughs> We're done. But no, I mean, like like I was saying, though, just you, you can't change your whole scheme. You're not going to suddenly be, okay, we're going to be four-man front exclusively, and we're going to do this and that. It's not realistic to expect that in, what, six, seven days of practice? That's just not going to happen. No, I I completely agree. It, the and you know the it, they mentioned it on Monday, and it's kind of sad that's even mentioned. And it was asked about. I think uh, I forgot who I, I think Tyler might have asked it, but just as far as when you're having to focus on just tackling and, and rather than trying to strip a ball and just getting a guy to the ground, you know you're in a bad place. Uh, Curtis Bolton talked about the new tactics that they're using this week in practice. We're working on better tackling drills. Um, I just got done saying this earlier, but uh, um, we're, our, our tackling drills are helping us. Our, we're trying to implement tackling drills that, that, that translate to the game. And for me, that's open field tackling, that's sitting blocks and trying to hit uh, running backs and holes. Our D-line does that. Our DBs work on a lot more open field tackling. Um, just, just, and just getting our quick guys like, like Ja'Kalen Crawford and, 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 and a few other guys from our offense that, that aren't playing as much, just to get over there. And, and, and beforehand, it was more of a go-through-the-motion type of tackling thing. Now it's personally I want them to try to break me off because – because Jacalen's he's, he's damn good with the ball, so um, you know if I can, if I can get if I can base him up and wrap him up, there's there's not many guys in the league that are that are shiftier than him. So um, you know it's it, it's more of an emphasis on just just want to from from more so from the playing from from the players. You know, how about a shout out to Crawford there? Why was that not happening like two months ago? It's a good question. And. What the f do they do for three hours at practice? <laughs> they go they go through the motions. They wait for Tiffany Bird to set up their treats. I mean, Jesus. That that's startling listening to that. But we know that they don't tackle to the ground. Yeah, like I'm right. I'm basically wondering what they do at practice. Just go through seven on seven for two and a half hours? So you're getting as bad as fans now. Not that fans are bad. I mean, what what does but that like sound like? Because you like don't they do. see something, you just assume that nothing is happening. There, there's been nothing put on the field to make me think otherwise. Well, they I practice mean, offense. Obviously, you're right. They. I mean, this team's really good in the red zone. I'm wrong. 
They've only I given didn't up. Say a, that. I only given up a touchdown not. every every time that a team gets inside the twenty. I and I said they suck all over the place. I mean, it just that's pretty surprising that it's gotten to this point. That but they're now like, they're you know the what? call, Eddie. You know what? We're gonna start practicing. I mean, are they just worried about getting those guys hurt? Because if you start bringing them to the ground, you start really hitting. There's a difference in in practicing and going through the motions, and I think they've right. been going through the motions you get for a, a long time. Who cares if you get a scout scout team guy hurt or killed? That probably that would impress me if they killed a scout team kid <laughs> just to prove that they're not soft. Like if, if Lincoln Riley, there better be a walk on though, right? Yeah, or yeah. or oh yeah. Well, no. If you're on scholarship and you're on scout team, maybe you deserve to die. And that way you'll free up a scholarship. Is that where we're open going? Up, I was going to say, open it up, Scollies. I'm sure Brian Kelly would try it if it could open up a scholarship. He's already killed a video guy. Yeah, which we've mentioned many times. He hasn't <laughs> killed anybody since then, though, so he's doing pretty good. Yeah, he's on a roll. That we've been know going why. to Mass every Sunday. He's probably got a sign-up 3,025 days since our last <laughs> murder. <laughs> Hope that doesn't go back to zero. I did, too. Maybe I don't. I mean, maybe they do need <laughs> had just as many losses as murders in the uh, last year and a half. Uh, it, the, I mean, the thing, Bob, you can talk about this. I mean, the whole week and really ever since the Texas loss, the thing that's been kind of mildly interesting just from a media perspective is we really don't give two shits about talking to anybody on the offense. No. It's like, we need to talk to the defense guys. And we need to talk to somebody besides like Amani Bledsoe and Kenneth Murray. Yeah, I mean, we get Kenneth Murray every single week, and we got him Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. He says... By the like, way, no one requested the, Kenneth Murray at all, but no. they still gave him Yeah, he us. says all the right things, but I, I just feel the last few times he's been out there, it's been rehearsed. It's not the natural passion that you see from Curtis Bolton. From from last night, where you can tell that wasn't rehearsed at all. That's just him talking, stream of consciousness, and just going with it the the entire way. He's on autopilot. And where Murray, it it just comes off like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to say when this type of question is asked. And that doesn't mean Murray's a bad dude. He's still one of the better talkers and better leaders for the defense. But at this point. I don't know if he's the pulse of the team, and when you have a loss like that, like when they would lose before, you would you like you'd want to go to Oboe. Like there were certain guys you knew you could go to to get the real feel of yeah, what Oboe was of, passionate, yeah, and... of what's going on, not just the coach speak of what's going on, but the real feel. And I think that Curtis Bolton is that guy on defense. I actually don't know who that guy is on offense for this year. Who's going to give it to you straight? Because I don't think Kyler Murray. Is that type of guy that's going to bring going to bring that out? So, but I think it doesn't really matter because the way the offense has played so well the entire season. So, having someone like Kurt Bolton really helps to get a real feel of what you think is going on with that defense. You know, I just it's like I said, I don't want to crap all over the defense. I want to give them a chance, I, and we're going to do that Saturday. I mean, we're going to see. But you guys mentioned it earlier. It's been two weeks. I don't know. I, I'm sure it's been utter chaos at times. I mean, the only person that you really talk to where you think, okay, they're they're making their way through this, is Lincoln Riley. Like he's in in 
Very confident Monday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and he's good at presenting a united front, and he speaks well. He, he's a master of press conferences, of interviews. Um, but he's also the guy that, you know, before the season started was like, I think our defensive line is going to be great. And they're not very good. They haven't been very good. The most unfortunate part of it all is I don't really think that, I mean, I don't know if we'll, we'll really know how good they are over the next two weeks. They're playing two really bad offenses. Well, you'll know if it's a disaster or not. Yeah, if like TCU starts moving the ball. That's my it. biggest fear is that it's just a total disaster. TCU scored 17 points or less in three straight games for the first time I mean, since they let Texas score 48 points on them. Yeah. They let Army march up and down the field all day long, sure. all night long. So you basically just want to see effort. Because I think half I want to see him play hard. Yeah, yeah, I want to see him play hard. I want to see. <laughs> this is where you go. This is where you start when you when you've bottomed out. This is the building blocks to get back to <laughs> to somewhere of respect. I want to see fewer Twitter fingers and fewer pregame scuffles. Right, and more tackling. I want mouths to be shut and tackles to be made. And I'm old man. Get off my lawn right now. I know. But when you bottomed out, you have to you have to sit there and listen to dad talk. You know when yeah. you when you're about to get grounded or you've gotten you've arrested, caught for you got you know. for pushing over pumpkins and yeah. or mailboxes or pumpkins through windows. You gotta you gotta come back in and get talked down to a little bit. You want to talk in a literal sense? Hell, what did that do for Jordan Evans a couple of years ago? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Literally a dad talk. <laughs> right. Literally a dad talk, and then he played better how many times has kenneth bradford yelled at you uh who uh sam's dad oh kent kent yeah never i don't think i don't think i don't think your friend's dads ever yell at you no i no. can't think of i wasn't you could be pretty horrible that's not their job i mean that i yeah there's i think there was a couple times but it was like mostly deserved yeah I, I can think of a couple times. Really, though, the, my most memorable friend, Dad, was him saving me from my mom getting a, after me. when he, We got in a car accident. My buddy hit me, and I hit the guy in front of me. And my mom came up pissed, thinking I had done something. And she's like, he's like, no, no, it was my idiot son. So he really saved me on that deal. But that's, that's about the best one I have as far as a friend's dad getting excited in either direction. Now, I've had a friend's mom after we stayed out all night and didn't call. Yeah, you kind of take get that, though, me. and then you, as you're walking out, you're like, yeah, yeah you're like, I got to get home. That bitch is crazy. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said that was well-deserved. Whatever. Did, I'm glad it wasn't him? worse. Carrie's friend that's listening, did you hear him? Because he was thinking it. He didn't say it, but he was thinking it. I was thinking what? That bitch is crazy. That bitch be crazy. No, I thought this is well-deserved. <laughs> Whatever she wants to say, she can say it, and I'm just going to have to take it. Admit nothing, deny everything. No, yeah, I don't ever, I mean, and like, I can yes remember. means no. no okay, and stop it. No stop, it. Yes. stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. By the way, you've reminded me. Uh, it's a very good time now to tell you guys that this is the Choctaw Casino's uh, unofficial 40. Choctaw in Durant. I'm going to tell you guys, I went out to another mega casino last weekend. I did have a uh, $250 walk-off shot that paid for me on the roulette table, which you can do now. 
Now, like that was always my thing when I go to Vegas. Did you guys? You guys ever do that? Do you do like a walk off shot? Like put down a hundy or I have something. A bunch of buddies that do the walk in shot. I think they yeah. put like a hundred bucks on red or whatever. Yeah, I put two fifty on black, uh, and it paid off. Although, did you pee on the floors right there? The Annie situation, I'm not real thrilled with. Yeah, that it's just kind of how it is playing in Oklahoma Just blackjack. In Oklahoma, yeah. I think it. I think. I, I think they Was took like twenty two bucks mm. out of the total winnings. Oh really? Damn. So bet two fifty. I got back like four seventy eight. Because anyway, bad. that's not Choctaw Casino's fault. That's the Oklahoma Gaming Commission's that's fault. It's Mary Fallon's fault. Uh, it's, <laughs> we we can only blame her for so many things. And we're running out of time. Yeah, She's only going to be in time. office for so much longer. Uh, but they've got the roulette tables out there. They got the craps table. I actually sat and watched. I, I really enjoyed playing craps. And I sat up in my hotel room and I watched YouTube videos about playing craps. Oh no, you're and like it was uh, so confusing. Oh, no. <laughs> and it got me thinking too much. Like I was like, I can't do this. I have to. Go home and process it. It's like Josh in his book about roulette that he's read. He has a system. You're like Clark <laughs> Clark Griswold up in the room watching uh, watching the TV, sitting on the bed. Like, oh, okay, see, okay. see, that's the problem though. You, you've misunderstood. There's no book. We've never read a book. It's just playing a lot and kind of figuring out what sort of works. And you got to again, this is no. See, all I wanted was a, just a refresher course. But then mm. it's it goes into you know betting the cum and you know the pass line Whoa. and no pass line. Wait, what? That's it. <laughs> It, you knew Eddie was coming. Yeah, go what? So, I don't care. I'm pushing through, but like you know, just I would too the horn bets and all that stuff, and like, stop it. I I can't. When I'm talking, I can't delete you because uh, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, I okay. <laughs> you you know you I know that now. Out. You figured that it's out. The worst long thing ago. that you've ever told me. Uh, <laughs> pushing through. Don't worry. The Choctaw Casino, though, in Durant, uh, they make this all possible. They are our title sponsor. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I, I've been to the other mega casinos. They are massively underrated. They're an unbelievable casino. Uh, go over to Durant. If you're listening to us from Dallas, you know it's a quick trip, you know, hour and 15 minutes if you're in North Dallas, uh, a couple hours if you're in Oklahoma City area. Uh, but great dining. They got the 1832 Steakhouse that is... As nice as any steakhouse uh, you're going to find in Oklahoma, uh, they got the district area, which has a, you know a, a theater, bowling alley, sports bar. It's just a great place to go for a weekend. So Choctaw Casino and Durant, great sponsor of ours. Uh, please go support them. Uh, a great hotel as well, uh, as, as fine as you'll find anywhere. So, all right, um, back to kind of this week, and we can we're going to keep talking about the defense. I mean, there's no other no other way around it. Uh, I will say this, and I want to kind of get back to this, the whole how to fix things. And if you guys are uncomfortable talking about this, feel free to just let me ramble. But this whole thing has gotten way out of control about Levi Draper. It's way out of control. And people keep asking about it. And every time it's asked about, I'm just going to let you listen to Ruffin McNeil, who was asked about it yesterday. And you can tell me why it keeps coming up with these types of answers that are out there. He's still in the mix. I know Coach uh, Kish does a lot with him. But, and we like the way Levi 
his mentality has been great, and you know we'll keep uh, get prepared and getting ready to go. I think being injured last year, putting him behind a little bit, but we like Levi. I think Levi can be a, a good player in time. How much is there a chance we see him before the end of the season? Uh, never can tell. That's a great question, but you know we'll we'll look forward to it when he when he does get there to that point. I mean that's. There was this narrative that he was in the doghouse with Mike Stoops and he put him on the scout team and uh, he's the answer. First off, someone tell me who the hell he's going to replace in the defense because he's a middle linebacker and you're not replacing Kenneth Murray and Curtis Bolton with Levi Draper, a guy that's been on scout team all year. Yeah, if there's any part of this defense that's not the problem... It's the linebackers. Yeah. I think I mentioned that a couple weeks ago. I was like, when did the linebackers become the, the biggest issue with this team? I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It, and it, the other part that doesn't make sense to me, too, is the fact that why would a coach, if he even thought he was going to get fired, keep players off the field that yeah. could possibly help Exactly. Him? Like, that just doesn't it's make sense to me. I, I don't think that... Common sense. I don't think that Mike Stoops is that petty that he would take a personal war against somebody or, you know, whatever the narrative is out there. To, well, to not allow him to make plays. I, and I, it's I just, not like you're dealing with some punk kid. It's not like Levi's some kid that, like, you're like, well, okay, Mike's just – this guy's too much trouble. Pre- Levi's a good kid. Like, we've all been around him. I yeah. like his family a lot. I mean – Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just going to say this. Like, if someone is out there trying to push this narrative, which I believe there is, uh, I believe – Conspiracy, I like it. I believe someone's trying to push this narrative. It's a massive disservice for the kid because, Josh, you and I – went through the Tom Ward era. We've seen we've seen Brandon Crow come into a, a, a game when he wasn't ready and just get ruined. His reputation ruined, his confidence ruined. Uh, Tom Ward was a good player, and but he wasn't a great player. He was undersized. I wasn't really around. Did that happen with Tom Ward? Josh, I think back, Josh yeah, can tell background you. Background here. What's up? Uh, so Tom Ward was just kind of one of those guys, uh, 2011 – you know, that season started out, they were number one. Uh, yeah. Travis Lewis got hurt early in the season, came back for that Florida State game. Uh, Tom Moore had an interception that game, but it was the Cincinnati game uh, where he had kind of a rough game. And, Josh, you can speak to this. The fans, he just became the whipping boy of all the fans. Uh, someone actually posted on the message board, I hope he kills himself. Jesus. And it was like post-game... Uh, you know, so I'm writing stories. I'm getting up early in the morning. I'm trying to fly back, and I have to get a call from his dad or an email from his dad, who's just incensed, and he should have been. Obviously, yeah. But like Ryan Reynolds, uh, Tom Wart, it is like a, a a pastime for OU fans to beat up on the white middle linebacker. <laughs> it, it's like a, there's like levels. It's like, are you a coordinator? You're not okay. Well. Okay, go down to the next yeah. tier, and it's like quarterback, yeah, quarterback, next tier, and then white middle linebacker. Yes, but I mean, Josh, it was like one of the worst times in the board history. Would you not agree? I think so, and I think it was because there was such a huge expectation because his high school film oh, was, was the film everybody loves because right. it's people easy made him into a folk hero like he before he ever showed up people. on campus. Yeah, yeah, like he was just murdering people all day for New Braunfels. And everybody thought, well, okay, you're just going to plug him in. He's going to do the same thing. Well, he, he's six foot and he's 215. And, like, that's not going to play. He's not going to run over 
Cedric Benson or, you know, whoever the running back is at Texas at that point. It's not going to work like that. So I think there was an expectation. And then when he didn't immediately meet it, I don't think I've ever seen the fans turn that fast. Like, I mean, it went from we love this guy, we can't wait for him to play, to that guy is horse shit and we don't ever want to see him again. And he and should just, kill himself. It, That's, I mean, yeah, it, it was that awful. Like, I mean, it, and it, it always becomes like this thing when it becomes popular to dislike a guy, he becomes the root of it all. He's, he's what's wrong. Like, no matter, like Ryan Reynolds. Okay, it's, it's on Ryan Reynolds. Or at some point, I, I can remember going back to the early 2000s, everything was on Eric Bassey. Because Eric Bassey wasn't Roy Williams. He was never going to be. And so he was at fault for every yeah. failing of that defense. Julian Wilson kind of became that guy. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, he did. But Ryan Reynolds Everybody definitely became Julian. that guy. Got, and he nine. got moved to a position that he didn't fit. And I, and he got blamed for just doing the best he could in a role he wasn't built for. And Ryan Reynolds, after Jermichael Finley you know, had a couple of big catches in OU Texas, he became the guy everybody hated. And and I think people were wishing that he would tear both of his knees up again. I mean, it just gets... So what I'm saying is, look, Levi Draper's not ready to play. It's clear. Just listen to Ruff McNeil. He's not ready to play. The last thing on earth you want is for someone like Levi Draper, local kid, uh, has a future... If he just stays in it, he's coming off that torn labrum. Like, stop pushing this narrative. You're doing a horrible disservice to this kid, whoever is out there pushing it. He's not ready. And it's 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 one of those things, like, my God, you know, Draper family, nip this thing in the bud. Get, I mean, whoever's doing this is doing a horrible... I know you want to see your kid on the field. My God, it will be a disaster if he's not ready. And by all accounts, he's not ready. And the other thing is... Like I said, who is he going to play ahead of? Deshaun White's still ahead of him. You still got Caleb Kelly. I, I don't see... I, I can understand why he's on the scout team. So the whole thing, can we please just kill this? I mean, somebody asked about him yesterday. It's a joke. Nobody relevant. Reporters that don't know shit. Even Dean Blevins has gone on and on about this. <laughs> Oh, oh boy, God, Dean. <laughs> Eddie, thoughts on relevance? I'm. I was. I was blessed enough to be able to step in for him on Monday to do his that three, was three points after the press conference, and it was such a hit. We might have to do it next week. Maybe I could get Dean to come on my show. <laughs> I don't think that would happen. I'm gonna um, ask him on Monday. I think we're persona non grata. I think that's what they call it. We'll see. I'll ask him on Monday, see if he wants to come on, on my three points. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Might make him rel- more relevant than he's been in a while. He's doing a pretty good job this week. Uh, okay, so that was my rant for the day, I think. It's the Levi fair. Draper rant. It's a fair rant. It's fair because there's just it's up and down. I mean, you mentioned Draper, but there just seems to be this. Is, why don't you ask about this guy? Why don't you ask about that guy? As if... The one like, dude is going to be the answer. For the first part of the season, it was Turner Yell. Has and, anybody else that's been on the scout team been asked about like this? Like, no. I'm sick of it. It's pretty wild. He's probably I'm not come- sick of Levi Draper. I'm not sick of his family. I'm just sick of the situation that we're in. What if he comes out and has like 25 tackles against TCU? What will you do then? 
I want to do. It, I want to tell you something drastic, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> is there any better way to say that? Okay, he's not quite ready, and that's not an insult. Like that's there's a lot Ruffin of guys that aren't. That's all Ruffin was saying. Like, you know, we think he's got a bright future, but he we think he was kind of set back by being injured last year, and when he's when he's ready, he'll be out there. They're playing him a bunch on special teams, so it's not like he's just gone. They're not and burning a red forgotten. shirt. Yeah. And if Ruffin can't make it sound like, well, he's right there, then who can? I mean, I feel like Ruffin could put, you know, lipstick literally on a pig. So that, that that's one of those things, like I said, it just, everybody's in such a big hurry to, there's going to be all these fixes that are just there. They're just not ready. And even if, even if Draper was ready to see the field, who do you take off the field? Murray or Bolton? No, they're probably your two best defensive players. Most consistent for sure. Yeah. I will say, if you're looking for some type of a tweak, some type of a wrinkle, I thought that Ruffin kind of uh, gave us a little peek at something that could happen, and that was with uh, Caleb Kelly. I'll do some other things, but, you know, Caleb's a great young man, and I'm glad he's here. I love coaching him, being around him. Uh, I know where he's from. I coached at Fresno State, so I know exactly where he lived and where his high school is and everything. And we've talked about a lot of restaurants, so I think a lot of Caleb, and I think Caleb is a, is, is a guy who's a quiet leader, and uh, I'm glad he's on our football team, and I'm fortunate to be around him to be able to coach him. And he said he said there at the beginning. Just talking about restaurants. Before he talked about restaurants, he said, you know, he's they're looking at some stuff with him. Yeah. I am interested to see. I mean, because I do think there, and I think there's going to be wrinkles. They're going to do different things. Yeah. But I mean, because I obviously they have different ideas on how they want to run things. But uh, you know, the it's like what you said, Carrie. The first thing they can do is actually tackle people, and I think that be will, the call that will alleviate a lot of the problems. Like I don't think that the funny thing is we've shit on this team for you know probably thirty minutes now. I still think they might be the best team in the league. I think they are. <laughs> I mean, they're still going to have a chance to win out every game, and the way things go in college football, you usually get back into some type of playoff race. I don't know if they're going to get there, and there's going to be some tough games. I mean, at Tech's going to be really tough now, as it appears. West you know, Virginia's going to be tough. You know, TCU's going to be tough. It's the best defense they've played. Actually, I think OU's toughest game left on the schedule I don't know if you can guess who I think it is. Toughest game. Texas Tech. No. Tomorrow. Saturday. No. Kansas State. Kansas State is coached by a 90-year-old. That will be who just a four-point drilled four Oklahoma touchdown. State. They, got they can run the ball. They got ran and over. And OU is not physical. Well, they, they're going to be able to hold on to the football on offense and make problems for Oklahoma. I don't know. I If... If OSU had any type of offense, they would have been up by two touchdowns at halftime, and then the game's over. Texas, like, I, I think Texas Kansas State is score awful. I think Kansas State's terrible. You're going to be surprised. And they're not playing in Manhattan. I, I'd be there if, with you if they, they were playing they in Manhattan. Win, they're like Iowa State. They win in Norman. It's weird. Eh, if they went and missed an extra point, they win that game. They You're not twice getting twice Bill, under Bob. Bill Snyder's not getting any credit. I, I don't know how you pick against the West Virginia game on the road at night, Morgantown. I think they those can outscore receivers the West way they Virginia, match though. up with OU. Mm. 
I think the I think regardless of how bad the defense is, they can outscore West Virginia. There, there might be some. I mean, they certainly made Iowa State look functional. Oh, okay. Speaking of, what has Matt Campbell got in the water? Like his best quarterback is almost always his backup. Not just his backup, but his third team backup. That Obviously. guy looks great. Obviously, I mean, he, he has he the same Kemp, office as Larry Eustachie. It's Natty Light. Kempt. <laughs> Kempt. Uh, 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 Nolan. And then Purdy. And now Purdy's starting. That Purdy can play a little he's bit. He's good. He's, yeah, he's Purdy's really good. no joke, man. He's a player. I Can Iowa State go to Austin and win? Yes. Yes. If, they can, oh. if, you, if the answer is yes, Iowa State could be in the Big 12 title game. I mean, their schedule is not very hard going back. They have to go to they, Austin. They play Tech in Ames two in two weeks. I mean, you get through those games, you're you're probably winning out. I mean, they they and that's a Big Twelve nightmare if that were to happen. I, I mean, OU, 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 West Virginia, Texas, whoever you want to throw in there. I mean, OU and Texas would sell the place out no matter what by themselves. I think. But like West Virginia, Iowa State would be a nightmare for this conference in Arlington. They should cancel the game. Yeah. Imagine if it was like Kansas State, Iowa State. Like not, I mean, not this year, obviously. Dude, but K-State just the State worst possible travel, scenario. I mean, if that happens, I'll get a Bill Snyder tattoo on my ass. <laughs> K State fans will travel. I mean, that's Iowa State will, sure. but those K State people are nuts. Problem is, they they already have two conference losses. That, oh, I don't mean like I just mean that, what would that be the, TCU the, the lost scenario that keeps up Bowlesby at night? Oh, yeah. Like what what would be the worst possible outcome? I don't think anything can. This conference has been through the ringer so much. <laughs> I don't think that he can lose sleep anymore. <laughs> I don't Bob even know if he's a real golf. person. <laughs> he can't he get probably, water. <laughs> he probably goes to bed really early. I can't dog on people that go to bed early anymore. By the way, did you survive your first uh, nine thirty? Thunderstart last night. Being now that you're a morning radio guy, yeah, I did, but it, it didn't even start at nine thirty. It no, started at that damn ring like ceremony. ten o'clock. Yeah, that was ridiculous. All all TNT games are like nine forty five. I don't know why they couldn't so have done ridiculous. that before the broadcast, or why they couldn't have started at eight. Why didn't they start at six and eight? All West Coast games are nine thirty on TNT. I know, but like, why why do they do that? The NBA sets the schedule. I know, but why? That's what I'm saying. Because they had Boston and Philly before them. No, I'm saying, no, why no, don't they start saying, the Eastern Conference game at 6 o'clock? Why don't they because start it at it 6? Because it, it's not prime time, then. They want prime time on East Coast, prime time on West Coast. Right. Mm. If, if you're a Warrior fan, you might not be able to get there in time. And us on Central Time, just get the bird all the way around. Central time. What about zones, Chicago and Houston, people? Central Time Zone still is the best time zone, I would say, for sports. Yeah. I kind of love West Coast. Like waking up to a nine a.m. kick on in yeah, football, that's Saturday that's beautiful. though. What if you were a big Astros fan and you had to be at work yesterday when the baseball game started at two o'clock? Well, wouldn't matter that's because ridiculous. all Astros fans should die because they're a cheating organization. That is sad. I saw that. Not not the oh. best looks for the teams remaining in the NL. You got a team with a racist in the pin in Milwaukee, Josh Hader. You have a son of a bitch in Manny Machado. Oh God! Playing for the Dodgers, and then you have just a cheating organization in the. Oh, I guess the Astros are in the AL. Yeah, actually stayed AL. up for what Manny did. Ooh, that's nasty. It'd be funny if they that's beat nasty. him today. It, did you see yes. Yell at you said. Yeah. No, I didn't. He said, yeah, "Bleep I saw that, that mother bleeper." 
Said he's a dirty player and then bleeped him a couple times. So have I missed it? Has this been a thing with him? Uh, I think he's he with has Machado. Yeah, like he's yeah, 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 he's gotten so into long, fights all the time. time. Yeah, I mean, he has a history of just kind okay. of being a little bit of a bitch. Okay. I mean, that was pretty unneeded. He also pulled the, I'm not trying to be the best at exercising. Yeah, talking yeah. about that. Uh, I'm not trying yeah. to be Johnny Hustle. Yeah, and then he made a hustle play to end the game, so I guess it evens out. I mean, I always think that's kind of overrated. All right, so uh, we have crapped all over the defense. I don't I mean, I think we've done a better job today. We've tried to give you a little bit of hope, tried to give some guidance to the Draper family. I think we're not just trashing Ruffin McNeil, but uh, it's time for this. Get to the fridge. Grab yourself a native amber, an F5 IPA, or any of the great Coop Ale Works beers, because it's time to make a toast to this week's player to watch. All right, uh, it is time for the Coop Ale Works uh, player to watch. I remind you that guys at uh, Coop Ale Works, a uh, local Oklahoma City craft brewer, uh, it's been brewing for nine years. And uh, I got to say, I haven't found one person that's just been like, that stuff's not any good. Like, everybody I run into is like, man, I love Coop. That's tried it for the first time. Uh, but you know my favorite, it's the Horny Toad Blonde. If you uh, are a domestic beer drinker, you got to go try that. It'll, it'll change your life. I'm, I'm not even joking. Uh, Eddie's big F5 IPA guy. Uh, but they've got nine different uh, year-round, uh, or seven different year-round beers, and then four seasonals. Uh, you can still get the Oktoberfest, which I highly recommend. The Native Amber is also fantastic as well. Uh, so, okay, guys, the player to watch, I have no idea where you guys are going to go on this. I would assume most people will say something on defense. Josh, let's start with you. Where do you want to go? If you would unmute yourself, please. Damn it. <laughs> I really have done well. Damn it, damn it. Your streak right, is anyway, over. Uh, I, want, uh, I want to say I was really concerned with that lead-in that you were going to take an offensive guy, and it was pretty much what I was going to lead with it. I know everybody wants to go defense. No, everybody's going to want to talk about that. I kind of talked about it in chat last night. And I'm kind of going all in on it. I think Kennedy Brooks, I think we're looking at at least 10 to 12 carries this week. Maybe more if he gets the hot hand, whatever they want to call it. I think we're finally going to see him get a real taste. I kind of get that feeling too. Just from talking to people this week. Especially when you... Uh, I get the feeling he's going to be in the game plan. You consider the fact that, you know, I thought it was a little bit surprising that Beatembo said that this was the offensive line's best game of the year mm-hmm. coming out of the Texas game. I saw some so people maybe, disagreeing with you highly on that. Yeah, I mean, sorry <laughs> that the coach said that. <laughs> that is the weirdest part. Like, that's my, part apolo- my apologies what, that I'm just relaying what the coach said. That's the weirdest part about what we go through right now with everybody being so upset after a loss is no matter what you say, they're just like, I don't believe you. Like, okay. I'm just telling you what Bill Beatenbow said. There's no reason for him to lie telling reporters that he thought that this was the best game they played all year. And kudos to him if he is. Just playing games. I like the I like the Kennedy Brooks pick though, Josh. 
So are you uh, bolting on a pick and just staying with Kennedy Brooks? Or do you have one? Oh, me? Own? Yeah. No, I. Uh, let's go with... It's like ordering dinner all of a sudden. Let's go with... Do you want to pass and go to Bob? Because I can tell he's just itching. Yeah, if you got one, Bob, go ahead. Because I, I think I got one, but let me center in on it real quick. <laughs> let me let me double down on the come line real quick. <laughs> That's an actual phrase, all right? Stop making it dirty. I'm just going to go... You want odds on the come line. Of the obvious one is... 69 to 1. <laughs> it is definitely Buki. Buki is the easy one pinpoint, not only because of his yeah. tweet last week about liking the coach that you're playing for, but are, the, but are they going to do something different with him to where you see and it brings out the best in what he brings to the table, or is he still going to be out of position, still whiffing on tackles? Is this the game where we finally understand this is what we were all excited about? I'll be excited if he has like five tackles, like real tackles. Yeah, I'm not even asking for a pick. I'm not asking. I don't think shit. It's if possible. they force a turnover against a team that has a tendency to give the ball to the other team, I think they should stop the game and honor the defense, even though it is on an away game. Like over the PA system, come on and say congratulations <laughs> on forcing your sixth turnover of the year. If it's a fumble recovery, give them three points. Have like a midfield uh, acknowledgement, like with Drew Brees, give him yes, like a laminated yes, card. Yes, absolutely. With a ball, with a ball that they can put up in the bring Ruffin down from the press box, and he can carry it around. <laughs> I mean, they've not had a turnover in two games outside of that muff punt with uh, Baylor. I just, I just had visions. The way, even going back to the spring, I had these visions in my head of Buki being a guy that was breaking on footballs left and right and, you know, just confounding quarterbacks and uh, being being all over the field. And it just it couldn't it be further from that, the way it's worked out for him. It's It's been rough. I, I, obviously, the expectations were way too high as far as not necessarily just making disruptive plays in the secondary, but... I mean, he hasn't even, from what I can tell or what I feel like, I, he hasn't even been just a, he hasn't been a difference maker at all. No. And not even close to being a difference maker. It's, it's, he is more known for not tackling than he is for anything else. Yeah, and that's not a good thing. Because there's one thing that you as a player can somewhat take care of, right? And that's just getting the guy down that's in front of you. Yeah, you were mentioning Tom Wart, Ryan Reynolds. I was wondering how long does the fan base stick with Boogie? Oh, I think being a true freshman, well, no, whatever it takes to it's unreasonable to. I mean, I know some people are like bench him. I know exactly. Sometimes in the fraternity, when a guy would be getting belligerent all you know every weekend or whatever, you'd have to put him on six pack probation. They should put Boogie on Instagram story probation, and you can only put as many stories up as you had tackles in a game so if he has nine tackles in a game he can put up nine stories Does that makes sense if he, if he has two just put up two and you, shut up you only have to put up two you can't put up like 222 like you did on sunday eddie's kind of channeling his inner old there all these insta stories are taken away from your footballing i i agree 
He's got so many followers. Oh, he's got to keep I, up. I saw it the other way. It's like you haven't earned the right to put put any of this up. Both. Okay. <laughs> By the way, you want to hear Lincoln Riley talk about uh, the kids these days and dealing with them? Because I thought that was one of the more interesting parts about. Do we want to finish the uh, the segment? The segment. Real <laughs> well, I'm quick. good at getting us back on track. If you want to take a look, I'm going to go with Neville Gallimore. How about that? Oh, it's an interesting pick. He hasn't done anything. Maybe he'll surprise me. He really hasn't, though. You're not lying. Like, give me two sacks. We'll call it good. You know who else has been disappointing as much as I was on their bandwagon this year? I'll make him mine, Kenneth Mann. I, I don't think anybody on the defensive line's played no. well. I certainly don't think Amani Bledsoe has. No. None of them have. Man's the only guy I can say, though, that I remember him making some plays that were pivotal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Ken, Kenneth Man's made some plays. I mean, obviously but, the, the interception. But consistently, you're right. You're right. He hasn't been what you thought he was going to be. Knee, More of a right time, right place. definitely been a problem for him. I mean, you could see I was paying very close attention to him during warm-ups against Texas, and he was a lot more gimpy than Ben Powers was. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're coming off a bye week. They can't say that these guys are beat up anymore. And we talked yeah, again. Played 85 plays against Army. Didn't oh even go to God. war. You know it's like a bad look when you do that. Like, you or I, we're not exactly in great shape. I'm not. I'm not getting my school paid for. I'm 31, and I drink every weekend and smoke occasionally. <laughs> like no one's. Oh, I no heard one's, about your drinking last. No weekend. one's expecting me. No one's expecting me to go out and make a play on Saturday. Eddie's not first off the bar. Unless but he knows it. Unless it's getting into the front of the bar to where I can maybe get a drink before the line gets deep. I heard that was a little bit of a problem for you this weekend, getting into the bar. No. Like maybe you had a. Oh, I tripped over the you stumbled stairs coming into the do- into the door. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it doesn't. Very clumsy. What What would be your injury report? Drinking related, hamstring or something like that, Eddie? I'm never I'm never hurt. I'll tell you that. I get injured sometimes, <laughs> but I'm never hurt. <laughs> Always hurt. He never knows injured. the difference between pain and injury. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'll give it my all, too. <laughs> all right, so I went with Kenneth Mann. You went with Neville Gallimore, Bob Buki, and Josh went offense with Kennedy Brooks. I think Josh wins, actually. All right, well, here's I wrote about this the other day, and it was about, about Mike Stoops losing the team. Um, and... He was asked kind of, I think it's another Jason Kersey question, maybe we should hire him, uh, about what it's like to uh, coach kids these days. There's probably times for both. You know, I, I, I think delicate's not always the answer, I don't think, for, for anybody. But, but certainly being able to connect and have relationships with them is part of it. And, and part of it... You know, let's be real too. Part of it comes down to just success on the field and the confidence that 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 breeds. Uh, players being able to, uh, you know, really understand what you're talking about, really, and also being able to see if I do this, here's the results that that follow with that. So I think as coaches, we all kind of face our own challenges that way. I mean, it is 
you know, players are different now. I mean, there's there's no question about it. And, uh, you know, we all kind of have the inner battle of, you know, maybe what we were taught when we were players, um, how we went through it versus how it is now and how much do you, how much do you adapt? How much do you stay true to kind of your core values and the things that you believe in? I mean, it's, I, I, I would, I would guess that every coach out there, if they're being truly honest with you, you know, fights that some. I, I do. I, I know. I know Mike said it publicly that he did, which I thought was very open and honest. I, I do too. I, I think, I think every coach does a little bit this day and age. That noise you heard in the background was Buki building his fort in the background. It knocked over. Uh. I mean, look, we talked about mm. the Twitter fingers. Is that racist? We talked about... <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, fine. It was Levi Draper. Um, Bullying. <laughs> we talk about all the time. And Lincoln has said this before, because I was talking to him about Benny Wiley back at Big 12 Media Days, and he said, today's kids want to know why you want them to do stuff, basically. Like, what do I get out of this? I don't know if that's what he's really saying, but... Makes sense. But basically, Mike, we talked about this earlier. He lost the defense because... He never changed. They weren't any good. And it's hard to keep yelling at somebody when they're like, you're always in my face, but it doesn't make any difference. We're not, we're not that good on defense. I didn't see some results, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> I mean, it makes I'm sense. I'm going to go through all this crap. I better see some results, and I don't. But you're part of that process. I guess, yeah. is that what you have to, is that the level that you have to explain to people? Is to show them that you're part of this process. Like, I'm riding your ass to get us to this point. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I'm just, I'm too old now. I think we're all too old. Yeah. Basically. Mean, Bob Stoops was too old. He's like, I'm getting the hell out of here. And I, I, I understand that, you know, things change and you have to change as a coach, but I don't know. Maybe. I, that, and, I mean, and, the kids come in, they're like. If, if Ruffin McNeil turns this thing around, that would go completely against the grain. Or maybe he's maybe he gets it. And that's that's what you continually hear from him in the locker room, isn't it? I don't know. His defensive line hadn't been getting it. I don't know. Josh? What are you doing? Is Buki there? I think he thinks he's muted himself, but he's not muted. No, I couldn't hear you guys for a while. I, had oh, okay. to, I was messing with my audio. I, I thought we had another incident. Hmm. Do you ever think Mike made a real concerted effort to try to change and adapt? No. Uh, I think maybe... Uh, there was a point. How many years did he? Uh, how many years did he spend at Arizona? Was it four or five? Well, I thought it was, it was half. Five or six. Five or six. See, because what he, Karen, left, he in, left in '03. He left year. at the end of the '03 season because he was on the sideline for yep. the Sugar Bowl. So he would have been there like eight. And seasons? then he. Four, five, six, six seven, seven, eight, eight, there nine, seven. ten, eleven. Yeah, two thousand four yep. to two thousand eleven. That's eight. Yep. That's eight and seasons. I, I completely forgotten that he was on the sidelines at that uh, Insight Bowl in game. the Sugar Bowl. Oh, the no, Insight, the Insight yeah. Bowl. That was like the first time that he was like, like, all right, he's coming back. 
He, I, I uh, only remember it because you guys were at the game. It's probably why you don't. Yeah. Because the board exploded. Like, no one really cared about what was happening on the field. I think we put a picture up. Back, didn't we? Everything was going to get fixed. We might have put in a picture up of, of him or something on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I took pictures. Him. I think he was wearing blue, wasn't he? He was. He was wearing a nice No, I remember blue because sweater. I had my camera, and I was down there taking pictures, and the guy was like, you can't take pictures. You don't have a vest on. Like, you can't tell me what to do. I was like, the game's over, There's pal. not even TVs in this place. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> that is a shame that their stadium is so shitty. To be in Tempe, Arizona and have that crappy of a stadium. I guess they well, got new video re- boards, they, though. They, I think say they fixed a bunch up this offseason. That was a big deal for them. Yeah, I, th- I think actually since, like, 2011 when we were there, they've made s- stuff every year. Uh, advancements or whatever to the stadium and this was the final big one uh it was redoing i think didn't they redo a bunch of the seats or the press box i think that's what i saw i know one end zone in particular got a real uh a huge overhaul they had to redo all of it for herm well i mean you're gonna sign that big of a guy you gotta gotta go for it all especially when he hires no new staff by the way uh I want to mention this. If you guys are looking for some tickets to uh, this weekend's game in Fort Worth, all you need to do is go uh, download the SeatGeek app. We'll even give you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase by using promo code SCOOP. Uh, But you can search multiple ticket sites. sites They grade uh, every ticket based on value. Uh, SeatGeek's been a long-time partner with us at Sooner Scoop. Uh, So, yeah, go support SeatGeek. Download that app. it makes it very easy to get tickets. You can get the e-ticket. So I know people are always asking, like, if I get a ticket, can I just use it at the gate? Yes, you can, uh, using SeatGeek. So um, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for your tickets on SeatGeek with total confidence. Uh, you can make it your go-to ticket source for everything. that You do concerts, uh, NFL, NBA, Thunder season getting ready to start. Uh, if you want a great place to feel confident about purchasing your Thunder tickets, Download that SeatGeek app today uh, and use the promo code SCOOP, S-C-O-O-P, and we'll give you 20 bucks off your first uh, SeatGeek purchase. So, guys, what do we think is going to happen this weekend? Mm. I mean, I know what should happen in order to please OU fans, but what do you think is I going think to happen? That, I don't think that... Don't prepare for a 50-7. to seven. I, I definitely don't think that's going to happen. Uh, You're not going to you know, stop people from doing that. No, I mean, and we shouldn't. I mean, they can. They're going to have their expectations that that's going to happen every OU game, even if they're playing Alabama. So, we're they don't. All we ask is dream. when it's fifty. When it's not fifty to seven, don't come on our board and tell us that we're too much a pussy to ask the tough questions after the game. But when it is fifty to seven, come on, we'll subscribe first and then come on and tell us that we were wrong. So it's a win-win. Yeah. We win both the, ways. I like that. Uh, the, I, I do think it's a little interesting that does, – does Lincoln Riley have Gary Patterson's number just as far as – both of those games last year were offensive masterpieces. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he really uses stuff against him well. Yeah. And I – you know, it's going to be interesting just coming out of a bye just as far as – didn't the last time they were in Fort Worth was 2015 coming out of a bye after they got beat by Texas – I don't want to say it was. Yeah, uh, when that they played was the game when Kansas State, when they destroyed Kansas State, 
Oh, they, was it K State? That was fifty-five nothing. Oh no, yeah, 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 that was the game that uh, they had to wait at the. the oh, twenty fifteen, the first out. Yeah, yeah, but it Kansas was State. it was TCU the next year, sixteen when they finally figured out their offensive line when Ben Powers came into the game, and they're like, oh, this works really well. Yeah, that's right, and they fell behind fourteen to nothing. And then they almost blew like a twenty point lead. After yeah. the third or it like, first. It was forty nine twenty four and always almost blow blew leads. that one. They always blow big leads in Fort Worth. It's like death taxes, big leads blown. And I know hot it, Fort Worth bitches. Oh my god. They're uh I'm too old. It's to one of the that. better it's one of the better road trips of the year. You might not see it Just if, know if that it's as cold as it's supposed to be. Oh, is it supposed to be cold? Well, the sixties, that might keep people not from dressing the way you might <sighs> like. Right. Right. Just know South when people, of Red River it, it, they think sixties pretty cold. <laughs> when people are rich, they marry hot people and they make really hot daughters. And then they yeah. send them to TCU. Right. It is ridiculous. It's not bad. It's a nice, it's a nice setup they got down there. I in tried to not walk in front of the cheer squad just because I'm old. They can make you nervous, and I don't want to be pervy. Oh, I, I'm gonna be pervy. <laughs> no, don't do that. Credential revoked. I mean, all right, yeah, I, I won't look. We're going to have a new email to read next week, and it's going to be much more uh, concerning than the it's Iowa State one. going to be more official. I'm not going to be, like, sitting there. But they have their oh, own steps. So you're going to do it from, like, behind a wall. That'll make it way less creepy. Mm. Won't take that long. You'll hide behind Nate. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that sounded wrong. Oh, my How God. could that sound right? Okay, well, even Bob, even Bob is like Eddie. We were, I just thought we were friends there, having a fun locker room time. <laughs> no, it'll be tastefully done. My video, I swear. All right, uh, that's why we make him sign the consent form at the front. Now that was pretty funny. We're officially going to have to review Eddie's sights and sounds before we can actually release it this week. So uh, let's just be careful. I won't be surprised now if they ask to see your camera before you yeah, leave. Did you upload that on Vimeo? No, it, I uploaded it to Pornhub first. And then. <laughs> All right. I think we're done here. 4228. 4228. 4228. What is the line this week? An eight? I haven't even looked yet. I thought I said seven and a half and eight. Seven seven and a half, eight. I I think they'll make a lot more mistakes, but the trade-off will be they might make a couple more plays, and that will be enough for people to say, hey, there were signs. Well, that's the thing, though, Bob. Like, I... that All they need is two or three more stops a game, and they're going to be fine. You make two or three more stops a game, you're winning the conference. And then you see where the cards fall. You just can't give that offense that many chances if you're another defense. Like, I I don't think it's crazy to say that OU is still the best team in the conference, even though they've lost to Texas. It's just, it's hard. OU OU fans would love to play Texas. Right now, Texas is the only one that's undefeated, so it's hard to say they don't deserve to be considered the best, but their offense is not great. West Virginia, everybody's, of course, going to be down on them because they just looked horrible against Iowa State. 
And OU just lost. I mean, the last game OU played, they lost. Yeah. By three, but they still lost. Yeah, and they got their ass kicked. I mean, it is what it is. They lost by three. It was a great comeback. They got their ass kicked for, what, 45 minutes? If the defense doesn't make any improvement and they still win the conference, my God. It's not a good look for the conference. I, I, the, I don't think the conference is very good. Like, it's insane to me that... I think, I think, see, I got in this argument with somebody the other day. Like, you look at, well, this is before West Virginia lost, but well, they're like, at, the, the Big 12 is down. The Big 12, it's not down like it was in like 2011. Right. Or not, yeah, 2011 or 2014. Who's given eight, by the way? Um, I mean, but Texas Tech is better than we've seen in a long time. No, I, I completely It's just because Oklahoma State is down. No, I, I Texas agree with is back. That. I think that Iowa State's decent. It, West Virginia, even though they lost, they're a pretty good team. College football has been skewed because Alabama is so much better than everybody on paper. Or, Nobody's or, beating them. I, you know, it, it it is weird that I don't know if I don't know if there is a big difference between like Ohio State's number two right now. I don't think that Ohio State's just oh I don't look at them like and go good. oh that's a really good number two. And like Clemson's I think Alabama disappointing. I think Alabama would kill Ohio State. Oh yeah. It'd so be like thirty one. Like Tua would bad. throw for four hundred yards against that secondary. The way they're playing right now, they're terrible. Murray would throw for a bunch of yards. By the way, thanks for uh, taking all those secondary guys out of Texas and Oklahoma, Ohio State. I mean, they're your secondary sucks. They're young. Okuda's starting for him though. He's just a sophomore. Has Proctor been playing? I don't. I haven't even noticed. Mm-mm. I don't. Not think that I've seen. Proctor shirting. has played no. So I guess he's redshirting. Got Pryor and Okuda from that 2017 class. Does Browning both, play mm, at all for them? Yes. Yeah, he starts. Yeah, he yeah. Starts. Browning plays. Browning's really good. I tell you what, I, I think Caden Stern's unbelievable. Yeah. Down at Texas. He's Made really an, he had another pick last weekend. Oh, their their freshman duo of Stearns and Foster, that's I mean, it sounds a little like a legal firm, but it's really It's a mattress company. Really I told good. Brian Davis that. Stearns and Foster is a mattress company. Oh, it is. Have you ever You're heard right. the urban legend that mattress companies are fronts for the cartel? I have not. Something to look into. Stay woke. So Mattress Brothers Sleep Mathis Brothers Sleep Center, that's the mafia. Could be. And they do great business. I've, that's why I they had to my split stuff. it off from the store. I bought all my stuff from uh, Mathis Brothers, but I don't know. I just makes you wonder. A mattress makes you wonder. Give them extra plasma every week to pay for it. So yeah, I I would say OU forty ish. I think if they score forty against TCU, things are going really well. Like well, they can score forty. They can against score TCU. forty They're against anybody. TCU's played pretty good defense this year. I mean, not great defense, but, I mean, they gave up 40 to Ohio State. Texas scored 31. But other than that, they played really well. This will be Cody Ford's first real test. Josh's boy. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see him go against Banigou for that long and see how what he does. Who was um, it, Banigou, and who was the other guy that beat him both was talking about? Was it 91, I think. Or LJ Collier. That's yeah. who will go against Bobby Evans most of the time. He's he's a good player, too. Um but yeah, they they're not as good at linebacker as they have been in years past, and so I think if Oklahoma can deal with them up front, 
you'll you'll have some lanes for Kennedy Brooks and some of the other guys. So I mean, I, I think there is, I think there's some chance for things to get going in the run game because going back and doing the idiot, I I thought Oklahoma's offensive line was better than I thought it was during the game. Um, it just part of it became Oklahoma was just had to get predictable there in the second half because everyone knew what they were going to do or what they had to do, I guess. Well, I mean, we haven't talked much about the offense at all, but I mean, to me, seeing if Grant Calcaterra can come back and, you know, be the guy that we think he can be. Of course, it's hard, harder to do that with Lee Morris playing yeah, well. I don't even know if you need him to be that guy. I mean, I want, we all want him to be we that want, guy. He's you, a beautiful man. You pull for him, but if Lee Morris gets the job done. I put that in our the roundtable last yeah. week. Lee Morris has just been flat out better, better. a better player at one. Yeah. I mean, he's made, he's made plays when he's had the opportunities. Grant Calcaterra hasn't. I think Grant Calcaterra's ceiling is higher, though. He's been hurt. I mean, I, there's an, it's been obvious that he missed most of the Texas. Just not the catching Texas balls game. is the thing that I'm just most baffled by with I him. think that a little bit of that goes back to the shoulder, though. I mean, the problems really didn't start until he got hurt, right? Mm, he had some drops yeah, against like UCLA uh, yeah. and Florida Atlantic wasn't so... They didn't, yeah. they didn't get a lot of targets, he, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, offensively, yeah. There's, I guess, there's really no reason to be worried. I do think TC brings a, it's a better challenge than they've. I mean, Texas is probably if if TC is not the best defense in the conference, probably Texas is right up there, and then you have Tech. I, and I still don't I, think Iowa Tech State. is just in, well in Iowa State. I, you're able to put up 37 there. It's, it's more I, not more really worried more, about that. more impressive that they went up and played the way that they did and. Aims since they've played up there, I guess. Yeah, the win gets better every week. I guess as long as Purdy stays quarterback. I I will say that Hakeem Butler was, they, he finally kicked somebody else's ass against West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia. That was the most predictable performance besides Texas playing poorly the week after beating OU. That was the most predictable thing that's happened. In that's the why, like you know, Trotter was Jake Trotter was the first. To really trumpet West Virginia during the summer, it's West Virginia. This I was is like, what they man, do. there's a reason. There's going to be a game. You know, a lot of people aren't out on that ledge. That's why ninety to one for Will Greer to win the Heisman was just a waste of money, or whatever it was. I forgot what it what it finally went off at, but he's not going to win it. He's not the best player on the on the one of the best teams, and that's that's what the Heisman's turned into. All right, uh, we're going to be there Saturday, uh, full coverage. Post-game podcast coming as well. Uh, Josh, be very jealous. I'm going to pick up a uh, Lexus LS on Friday that we're going to drive down and back. It's the big one. It's like the $100,000 one. Well, I am jealous. I don't know if Eskridge has a um, dealership in Phoenix, but they need to go ahead and set that up for me. Perfect segue. Why don't we talk about what we're doing this weekend? Oh, yeah, that's true. Go ahead, Josh. Uh, well, you know, for me, and I, I've I've definitely put it out there as much as I can. I'll be going to see Spencer Rattler for the first time. You know, really excited to finally get a look at him. Whether it was Harvey last year or our problems uh, with Nike and going to the opening this summer in Dallas. I mean, there's just always been some reason I couldn't go watch him. And finally, getting my chance, going to go see him play in a nationally televised game. Uh, for those listening. 
Uh, it'll be 7 p.m. Central, uh, excuse me, 9 p.m. Central uh, on ESPNU on Friday night. So if you want to record it or, you know, whatever, uh, it's there to be watched. Hopefully you can catch a glimpse of me on the sideline shooting video, doing some pictures. But, you know, just kind of anxious to – I, I want to see him – there's a whole bunch of stuff, and I don't want to get into all the technicalities of it, but I want to watch him play. I want to see him do a few things that are a little more structured and see how that goes. But I also want to see him around his teammates. I want to see what kind of guy Spencer Rattler is with his guys. I mean, is he that kind of natural leader? Is he kind of a quiet guy? I just want to see what he does and how he kind of interacts with his teammates. Because if he's a guy that's going to come in and compete as a freshman, I think he's got to be one of those guys that kind of takes his guys by that, you know, by the shoulder pads and we're going to do this. We need to do this. And he's going against uh, really one of the powerhouses in Arizona, so we'll get to see him really tested rather than putting up 40 points on a bunch of nobodies. You know, I I mean, I I can't think of another quarterback in recent memory that because of Kyler Murray's situation, just playing a year and going to Major League Baseball, like, I think, you know, Austin Kendall is a decent quarterback, but not not a – special guy from what little we've seen of him. I just think if you know for Lincoln Riley to continue what he's done on offense, he almost has to have Spencer Rattler paying out early. Josh, are we getting closer to knowing if he can be a mid year guy? I was told he will not be. I was told he has decided that there were just a lot of hurdles and Mm -hmm. that that wasn't something they wanted to pursue. Now I will say talking to somebody kind of about that I was told almost immediately, Tanner Mordecai, don't write him off. Like There are a lot of people yeah. that I talk to that seem to think he's really making progress. Yeah, I've heard some good stuff it's about him. It's going to be interesting, just specifically with what's happening up in Stillwater right now, because it's almost like they mirror each other as far as the situation, as far as replacing, and you have a you know highly ranked freshman coming in. and Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see how it plays out, because of the obvious reasons, and then uh, just with all the heat that Mike Gundy's caught with how he's handled it, Taylor Cornelius up there. It'll be interesting, too, Josh, for you just to see him in person because I think we all feel like physically he's not ready for Division One football yet. And that's not because he's late, but just because he's been in basketball, been a you know seven-on-seven, seven, and it's just like he, he, he hasn't been in a, a, a really strong weight training program, it doesn't appear. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, and I think the best example of it is, and I know Bob and Eddie both saw Tanner last year, too. You saw Tanner last year, and he was, you're like, that's a pretty good-looking kid. He looks, right. You know, he's kind of physical. And then once he gets out there with the college guys, you're like, God, he looks scrawny. Like, it, it didn't it didn't look at all like the same kid, and it's just about perspective. It changes everything. And Spencer's going to look like a little kid when he rolls out there because he is long and skinny and that kind of thing. So it it will be really interesting to see, and especially you know now that it's known that he's not going to be there for spring to go through the workouts, put on some weight, do those kind of things. Now, he says he's not going to do basketball, so maybe that'll be his focus anyways. But obviously, OU would rather have him on campus on their training table, working with Coach Wiley, all that sort of thing. But you know we'll see how that goes. But I don't think there's any denying that he's going to look small when he arrives in Norman. And then we will be in Flower Mound to watch Trajan Bridges, who you've seen once, but it was in the rain delay game, and I'm hoping that we won't have any issues there, so we'll just be able to talk to him after uh, after the game. But 
it should be a tight one. They're both four and two. Flower Mounds won three in a row. They really got to get this win. So hopefully Bridges shows out. I know he's been used a lot as a running back throughout the course of the season. So I definitely expect a lot of film from Eddie about what Trajan has brought to the table. And they get a win. You, d- you know, definitely hoping we get a nice little uh, video following the game. Oh, yeah. Watching him and, you know, Eddie, Eddie's far better at videography than I'll ever be. So this is no. But that dude will get the ball in a bunch of different ways. They'll, they're going to run jet sweeps with him. They'll motion him into the backfield. They do a lot of different stuff just to find ways to get the ball into his hands because as a receiver, I mean, I was there. He was going against a good Arlington Martin program, and as a receiver, they were having a lot of trouble getting in the ball because they were just putting a safety over the top of him, a corner short, and you're not going to throw into that situation when you have other receivers that are open or you can run the ball or do whatever you need to do. So they found other ways to get in the ball. So that's that makes for good video because it's always interesting how how they're going to use him to attack, and I'm sure it'll be no different against Flower Mound. All right, well, I'm going to spend the rest of my day watching uh, craps videos, tutorials. Learn how to bet odds on the cum. Eddie just wants to learn more about the cum line. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to know anything about that. Uh, all right, fellas, it's been a pleasure once again. The uh, Chalk Talk Casino's unofficial 40. Appreciate uh, all you guys listening. Make sure you go subscribe on iTunes, Google, uh, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcast, SoundCloud. Uh, also, don't forget our post-game show uh, that will be taking place. We'll be able to kind of wrap up some of what we talked, or what we saw with uh, Trajan Bridges as well on Friday night. But uh, full TCU coverage coming up on the post-game podcast brought to you by uh, Eskridge Lexus. Uh, make sure you go search out Oklahoma Sooners post-game on iTunes, Google Play, uh, all your podcast platforms, and you'll find the Eskridge Lexus uh, Sooners Group post-game podcast. So, Thank you, Josh McQuistian, for your service once again. Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbillo. Uh, and until next time, right here on the Choctaw Casinos, uh, from Durant, uh, Unofficial 40, we'll see you guys uh, back around next week after OUTCU, right here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast.